On this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, I talk with Chase, founder of The Bucket List Lifestyle. We discuss how necessity saved Chase's life, how you can start working towards your dreams right now, and how you can channel frustration into your next success. My name is Aidan Vokolo, and here you will find business strategies, tips, and tactics that you can incorporate not only in your own venture, but your life, to help you simplify and strategically grow, scaling up the impact you're having in this world. Listen as I talk to creators, innovators, and game changers on what it takes to build an impactful business, uncovering their insights, strategies, and tips to help you increase profitability and develop a thriving team culture. Welcome to the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. Chase, thanks so much for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. It's great to have you on. Yeah, I'm so, so excited to be here. I love the podcast. Can't wait. And Chase, um, take us back to the moment leading up to you writing your bucket list. What stopped you from settling for the status quo? Oh, wow. Okay, so we're, we're diving right into it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually one of the darkest times of my entire life, actually the darkest time of my entire life, when I wrote the bucket list that would change everything for me. And, and I think that something so dark and uh, as contemplating my own suicide, as being incredibly depressed and overweight and having not a lot of possibility in my life can actually be a pressure cooker for transformation. And I had spent my entire life growing up in a town of 300 people. I had the plain Jane idea of success, which is perfectly fine for some, but for me, it wasn't. Getting a three-bedroom, two-bath house, uh, having a wife and some dogs and a motorcycle, and that's, uh, that's my version of success. And as I chased that, I started getting them one by one. And at the same time, my life became more monotonous, more stressful, and generally unhappy. My wife at the time ended up leaving me for one of my closest friends, and it was absolutely heart-wrenching. Like It ripped my heart out, and it just tore everything that I thought my life had been, everything that I had been working towards, down. And when that happened, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to be here anymore. In fact, I had planned and thought quite a lot around not being here anymore. And when I had to really decide if I wanted to be here or not, while I was in that decision process, I, I began to actually wrote writing a bucket list, uh, a list of things that I, I would or could potentially do if I decided to stay here. And the list was at first just this idea of someone else's life. You know, like what if someone else could do anything? Because in my mind at that point, really, I, not a lot was possible. So if someone else could live an epic life, what would that look like? And I began writing and not actually thinking that I would end up doing any of these things. But in that process of writing, I started to actually claim what I wanted out of, the, out of this life. And I started to see it on paper for the first time of wanting to travel. I had never traveled before. Wanting to, you know, like be successful financially. I had never really had big dreams outside of making 18 bucks an hour at the plywood mill in my small town. And looking at these things, they were huge. It was, it was insane to think that I would one day run with the bulls in Spain or fly an airplane or, you know, have a, have a meeting with a Fortune 500 CEO. But those are the things I wrote down. And it was definitely that, that pressure cooker it exploded and, uh, and sent me on a really wild, wild ride. Yeah, that, that's so fascinating. I mean, like you said, it is, you know, the, the situation where you were in was, was a pressure cooker and some people would have, would have gone the other way. How did you, um, I mean, obviously writing, you know, helped you so much in terms of getting out what you 
wanted to do in life. Was there any, anything else that sort of kept you on this earth? Yeah, honestly, it was understanding the impact that my suicide would have on the people that I love most. I've had a lot of conversations with people who are, are contemplating their own death. And in those conversations, one thing that I've found is when we can no longer find it in ourselves to live for ourselves, living for others is a really great thing to hold on to when we can't find it you know, in ourselves to say, I'm going to do it for me, do it for someone else. Understanding the excruciating pain that it would bring all from your death, but also how much good you can bring into the world with your life living forward. So I, I would definitely say just just actually understanding the impact and going through the thought process of who will find me and how will that actually turn out. It, it's scary. It's, it's a scary thing. And a really a big turning moment was so simple. It was actually a cartwheel that, that changed everything for me. And it, and it sounds so ridiculous, but I had spent my entire life believing that I could never do a cartwheel. I, I, was, a, I was always a big kid and everyone else could do it, but I could never do it. I was just like collapsed basically whenever I got upside down. Mm -hmm. And on my bucket list, I wrote to do a cartwheel. And I was sitting at work one day. I was a caregiver at the time. And I remember I was reading over my bucket list right after I had written it. I had just completed it that same week. And I was looking at the items and on there was to do a cartwheel. And I was like, I could do that. Like I could do that now even at, at my lunch break. And so I started the YouTube fat guy doing a cartwheel because at the time I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was a big dude. I was probably like pushing 245. And so I, I rewound and slow motion played this, uh, this super big dude on YouTube doing a cartwheel. And, and eventually I figured out his technique and I went out and about 20 minutes later, I had a sprained wrist and a sprained groin, but I did a freaking cartwheel. And it proved to myself that something that I believed my whole life that I could never do or achieve, I could actually do it. And, and I did it. And it was and it's so simple, but that was the first step towards actually living the bucket list lifestyle, towards living a life that was aligned with my dreams. Yes, that, that one action, I guess, proved to you, you know, if you could do one item off your bucket list, what's stopping you from doing one more? Absolutely. And it really got me not only just excited about the concept, but it also helped me understand how important the planning phase is. I genuinely don't believe that I'd be able to do a cartwheel unless I did research. And I figured out, okay, what would it actually take? Because I had spent my whole life, obviously, I had never looked up YouTube videos on how to do a cartwheel because I always just assumed I couldn't until I started doing the research and saw people who were bigger than me doing it just because they had the correct technique. And I started to realize, wow, I can actually start planning out a lot of these. Okay, like which one of these are free? Which ones of these, you know, can I actually do maybe even this year if I saved up? How expensive is this? How expensive is that? And then one month later, I ended up actually running with the bulls in Spain because of that idea. Starting with the cartwheel, I ended up running with the bulls in Spain, completing one of the most unbelievable items on the list. One of the items that when I wrote it down, I scoffed and thought, you know, like, I'm never going to actually be able to cross it off, but I'll write it in. I believe it. Yeah. From a simple cartwheel to, um, to running with the bulls in Spain. I yeah, guess it's, it's so extreme, you know, right? So it's, it such a, it's such a huge leap. But you have to understand the position that I was in at that time. I was in a position where I was suffocating during my own depression. I was in such an uncomfortable position that I had to move. I was the frog in the boiling water. I had to jump because everything came on so fast. And so for me, 
that was like the ultimate escape. It was me. I, I left with no cell phone, no camera, no technology whatsoever, not knowing a single soul in the world outside of that small town that I grew up in. So I'm all by myself in a foreign country that I don't speak the language, having experiences that absolutely light me up, having experiences that make me feel again, because I, I was so numb and depressed at that point that having adrenaline flowing through my body, you know, having a smile on my face for the first time in a long time, it felt like magic. It felt like a dream. And, uh, and I ended up chasing that feeling for a while, using travel as an escape from my pain. And using travel as just that escape from all of the shit that was going on in my life. And it wasn't until I started, like I hired a life coach and I started doing a lot of programs to actually understand my own story that I had created around my pain and around my ex and what the situation that happened. And I started doing a lot of personal development courses and reading books and learning about the trauma that I had been through. And it, it really turned travel for me from an escape running from something to actually running towards something, towards the feeling of awe, towards the feeling of inspiration, of flow, of beauty, of love, you know? Yeah, wow. Um, and I guess your, your mission with the bucket list lifestyle is inspiration, adventure, and information. That really comes through in your um, in your backstory and how you got there. You know, from simple research of on YouTube of, of a cartwheel to you know to the inspiration and adventure that comes with running with the bulls. Absolutely. Like once I started to to travel and doing all these amazing things on a really tight budget. By the way, I mean, remember I was a caregiver at this point, going through a divorce. I did not have money. So I started learning about travel hacking, how to get free flights and hotels, couch surfing, how to basically travel for cheaper than living at home in the States. And so I, I had felt like I had this secret that I wanted to tell everybody. You know, I, Everyone kept telling me, oh, I wish I could do that, but I don't have the money or I don't have the time or all these excuses. And I just wanted an outlet to, to inspire people and to inform people that it's all of your excuses are BS, basically. I just took everyone's excuses and I just tore them down to the core. And, and I did that for about four years, about four and a half years, where it was simply a travel blog and vlog where I was using my own story and my information that I had gained over dozens and dozens of countries, every wonder of the world, every cultural festival on earth. I had traveled to all of these incredible places and I just wanted to share. And then things shifted. So when I eventually quit my job, and we can talk about that in a second because it's very important, but when I quit my job, I started to take people on these adventures. I started an adventure tour company. And at, from scratch, from not knowing absolutely anything about, I had never even been on a tour, but I started to bring people. It started with my friends, and then it started going to friends of friends, and then it just started going to people online finding my, my stuff and followers. And now I have a full-blown adventure tour company. Yeah, so that you know started from your sort of passion that other people could see, and then it grew from there. Absolutely, sounds like it was quite a um, organic process. Yeah, and it was uh, also like a very step by step process where it wasn't just one day uh, my website was built and one day you know all of a sudden I figure out how to market. One day I figure out accounting. It was like step by step, learning everything as I fall forward. I was like a toddler trying to run, basically. And things have never been perfect, but I'm always taking steps forward. And I understand that like 
my enthusiasm for travel, my love for adventure, and my ability to always seemingly, like seemingly being able to find ridiculous situations and put these small groups of people in them, make people happy. It gives them the time of their life. Literally, almost every single time that I go on these trips with people, they say it was the best experience of their entire life. I mean, to have any job where I'm able to give that to someone the best experience of their life is incredible, but also to have it aligned with my favorite thing to do in the world. You know, this every single place we go is my favorite place to go. I, I only take people to my favorite spots. So it's just like, it's fun, it makes me money, and it gives people the best experience of their life. Like, how can you go wrong? Yeah, t- tell me about the transition from full-time work to, to doing this full-time. How did you, how did you find yeah. that transition? <laughs> Hard, uh, <laughs> scary, mm. terrifying, all of the words. Um, but there, there's a few things that I think are really important. Anyone who is in that position, who's doing the dishes right now, half in, half out listening to this, Stop whatever you're doing and just actually listen because this is really important. Oftentimes, people will do their best to inspire people to chase their dreams by saying, you know, kind of this attitude of screw it, just drop it all, sell everything and run, right? I'm not of that, you know, that, that thought. I'm more of the kind where it's like, plan it, understand how much money you need, how long it's going to take you to save up that exact amount of money and, and work hard towards it to actually achieve that dream. See, a lot of people are like, oh, you don't like your job? Quit and go chase your dreams. I actually don't think that's the smartest thing. If you really want to live your dreams long-term, not just short-term, not just quit your job for three months, six months, and then have to run back with your tail between your legs. I think it's okay to work a job that you don't like as long as you know exactly why you're doing it. As long as you have an exact number of how much money you need to save up in order to live that dream. As long as you have a why of exactly how much time it's going to take, why you're working that, what it's going to give you, I'm a big fan of saving up money before actually taking that leap. So anyone who is considering that, my personal opinion, which is not the only opinion and the way that things have to be, but for me and what I did and what was successful and what I personally don't think I would have been successful without was understanding my number, understanding exactly how much money I was going to need in order to to not only live, but also to hire people, to have an assistant, to, to have all of the problems that come up in a business, to pay taxes, things like this. So I am a big fan of that. But one thing that I'll tell you from a mindset standpoint, so that, that's the preparation standpoint, right? How much money do you need? You know, when can you do this? What's the best time of year? All that kind of stuff. How, what do you need to learn? Who do you need to have conversations with? All that kind of stuff is preparatory. But in the end, you can do all the prep work in the world. You can be totally ready from an outsider's view looking in, but your mindset won't allow you to actually quit. And here is the most important mindset shift that I had during this experience that I tell all of my friends, I tell everyone that I possibly can. So if you're half listening to this, please listen up. I was sitting with both of my parents and I was explaining to them that I wanted to quit my job. I was explaining that my passion, my true passion and fulfillment lied with the bucket list lifestyle, with travel, with experience and helping other people. And I was fine at the job that I was working. I I wasn't pissed off. I wasn't, you know, anything extreme. I was just fine. I was making enough money to get by. I had a roof over my head and, you know, a car payment was being paid. 
it was just fine. I wasn't fulfilled. That's for damn sure. I wasn't challenged. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing with my life, but I was fine. And mediocrity kills. It's very challenging to leave mediocrity as opposed to trauma, as opposed to that pressure cooker. So I, I had two choices and I was laying them out in front of my parents to have them understand. And I said, one option, I can continue on being a caregiver and I'll be fine. I won't be very happy. I'll just be like, okay, happy, but I won't be really fulfilled and, and live the life that I want, but I'll be fine and safe and pay my bills. The other option is I can go on a somewhat crazy mission of having my own business, not having a paycheck, going off and trying to do this really incredible idea, this concept that I was, that I was running towards. And I said, here's the deal. I'm likely going to fail if I choose the option of the bucket list lifestyle. The, you know, for every book that I've read, every successful entrepreneur always has his first like three businesses fail. And I was like, you know, likelihood is, I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I'm probably going to fail. But here's the most important thing. If I fail, I come back to being a caregiver. I come back to the exact place that I'm in right now, following that path of being fine. So my worst case scenario of choosing the path of my dreams is what I'm living now, is the other option. So if you have two options, and the only bad thing about the option of your dreams is that you'll be right back where you are now. It's not even a decision. It's an of course. You have to choose that because there is no downside other than bringing you right back to where you were and knowing that you actually took a shot and you're smarter because of it. Yeah. yeah. The only downside I can think of is um, maybe a little bit of judgment from people. But that, that, that sort of pales in comparison to, you know, to giving it your all and, and doing, you know, adventure or a business or whatever else you want to do. And you're going to get judged either way. That, that's the thing that a lot of mm. people don't understand is if you don't take that chance. And for example, if I were to stay a caregiver, I would be judged for never really, you know, people would think, oh, you know, I, he always had so much charisma. I never, I never know, you know, knew why he didn't actually do something more than just be a caregiver. People will judge me either way, whether I take a risk or not. They'll judge me for not taking a risk and they'll judge me for taking a risk because it scares them. And you're shining a reflection of the chance that they never took. You are simply a reflection. If you do take the path of your dreams, then you're just showing them all of the things that they never, that they were too scared to actually do, and they'll judge you for that. So either way, you're going to get judged. You might as well go on the path where you have an option of being absolutely fulfilled, even though the likelihood of failure is high, but it's not as high if you're smart and you actually mitigate that risk by saving your money, even if it means working a few more months at a job that you don't like and you're not aligned with, as long as you are aligned with the result that comes from working that job. If the result gives you your dream, then it's okay, in my opinion, to work your ass off for a few more months and save up every penny. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's an important distinction. If you can work out how to use your current situation as preparation for your future situation, then you're no longer, I guess, wishing to be somewhere else and no longer mm -hmm. being distracted where you are. It's all part of the plan, you know? It's a, it's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm, mm. And you've got something to work towards. So you, so you know, you know, in six months, a year, 18 months time that, you know, yep, you'll, that's be, exactly what I did. You'll, you'll be... Yeah, you'll be, I had... Yeah. Three months straight, the end of my work, when I, when I was about to quit, 
I actually took over my coworker's job. And I was currently, before that, I was working four days a week. My coworker quit. And so I said, you know what? For the next three months until I quit, I'm going to take over all of his shifts. So I work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, live in caregiver for three months straight, meaning I never stepped foot outside of that, like outside of that work for three months straight, seven days a week. So, and I did that because I needed that extra cash in order to actually chase my dream. And I knew that it was like, it was a perfect opportunity where I knew I was going to be screaming into pillows, which I was, I was, it was going to be really fucking hard, but I knew exactly what I was doing it for. And if I didn't do that, I genuinely am not sure that I'd be talking to you today. Mm. And I guess with the three months that gave you a way out, you knew that whatever situation you were in, it was temporary. And you know, like yep. like I said before, you could see the light of the tunnel. Yep, hundred um, percent. I, I looked towards that with ferocity when I was just uh, upset at my boss or I was feeling totally drained. I would just look towards my my dream, which was so clear at that point. It was so clear exactly, you know, what that looked like. I was even buying plane tickets at that point for my trip. So. I'd buy a plane ticket to Columbia, for example, from, you know, from my work in Oregon. And that would just like give me the fuel I needed to know that like, I'm, I, Hey, I got a plane, like I got a flight. It's coming. It, it's, it's coming up. So, so that light at the end of the tunnel can really, at least for me, it got me through really tough times. Now, what, what's your advice for those that don't, you know, that are sort of in a job at the moment, not really sure what they want to do. Um, you know, not really liking where they are right now. What's your advice from you for them yeah. to discover so, what they should be doing? So this is a this is not an easy question, you know, to be asking what what should you do with your life. But I do have a fairly simple answer that helps a lot of people, and it sure as hell doesn't hurt. So one thing that that I found is if you take what you're really really good at, if you take something, and you know, some people say what you're best in the world at. Well, that can sometimes create a little bit of like problems because you say, well, I'm not the best in the world at anything. So let's just say, take something that you're really, really good at. It could be communication, sales, it could be tech work, it could be whatever. And then you take what you love. So let's just say you love BMX bikes and you also love, you know, uh, let's just say sales, right? And so you take those two things together. Okay, BMX and sales, they don't seem like they would actually fit together right away. And then you go, other than the obvious of selling BMX bikes, but it doesn't have to be just so simple as that. Really digging in deep of what do I like about sales and what do I like about BMX bikes? Okay, well, I really like sales because it, you know, I feel really comfortable and I feel like I'm three steps ahead of the person that I'm talking to. And it's kind of like a little chess game it really excites me and it keeps me on my toes. And I, what I love about BMX is you know, the feeling of accomplishment when uh, I'm able to, to do a trick or I'm able to see someone else do a trick that's never been done before right? and things like this. So then you get, okay, well, actually it's about accomplishment, the feeling of accomplishment, and it's about the feeling of like control and excitement and like the gamified ability. And just keep playing with those two ideas and see what you can come up with because it doesn't have to be at face value of I like BMX, so I should be in a business with BMX. It's no, I like BMX because of A, B, and C. What options are out there for me, whether that's being an entrepreneur or working for a company that you are really aligned with and saying, okay, what is it about it that I really love? And, and walking fast towards that, what you're great at and what you love. It's, it's a recipe for success. 
Yeah, I love how you've taken a deep dive into it, you know, to really sort of break it up into its elements and then go, well, where, where can I find those elements in other places? Not just, oh, where can I find a place to sell BMX bikes, for example? Yeah, because we, we usually take it at so face value, life in general, because that's where, you know, when we're in high school, we're asked, what do you want to do? We're given like, you can only think of like 100 options, right? But in reality, there are tens of thousands of different things that you can do, different paths you can take for your career or for a business. And some of those aren't even thought of yet. And a lot of them you would never think of. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've sure as heck you know, had situations where I'm making money doing things that I would have never thought of as even a possibility when I was younger. So understanding as well that the likelihood of me making money in the future of things that I could never even conceive right now is very high. I'm probably going to be doing stuff in the future that I have no idea about now, but I'm open to that. I'm open to receiving money in all ways. And that's a really, really powerful statement and a really powerful mindset to have of saying, you know, as long as it's aligned with not only my greatest good, but other people's greatest good as well, and I'm able to make money off of that and do what feels good, hell yes, right? Yeah, I guess being being open minded is is critical, really, isn't it? You know, being being open to the possibility of something new, even you know, even if you don't, if you even if you're not sure what that new thing is, just being open to the possibility of it is so important. I think it's important to remember as well. You know, if you find yourself in that situation of not really knowing, let's just say you have, you know, you're totally lost, or at least you tell yourself you're totally lost in this pursuit to find what path fulfills you, what thing fulfills you. The first thing I'd say definitely is, is to be easy on yourself and to know that no one has it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. But at the same time, I, as well as many other successful people who are fulfilled, what they do is they take steps in a direction that sounds right. Imagine that you're, you're a blind person fighting someone and you hear a sound. Okay, start walking towards that sound and start swinging. All right, so you might not know exactly where the person is, but at least go towards it. It's the same concept. It's a ridiculous metaphor, but it doesn't matter. It's the same concept in when you're trying to find something you love because you're totally blind and you're searching. And But if all of a sudden you feel a little excitement when you think about the possibility of being a photographer, and it's like, okay, it doesn't mean go quit your job and buy a camera and then you know just see what happens. It just means, okay... Start watching YouTube videos, how to, how to be a better photographer, okay? Start taking classes, start understanding the business of photography, understand the marketing, make yourself a website, even if it's shitty. Just start taking steps in the right direction because if you fail, at least you'll fail faster as opposed to waiting 15 years thinking about being a photographer and then failing when you're 40 years old and then being confused again. Take action fail fast if you're going to fail or succeed fast either way and then just keep taking action and and eventually at least in my experience and the experience of many of my friends things happen for you when you take action the universe gives you great things if you take action towards your dreams i believe yeah yeah i find this this universe concept something i've um becoming more aware of i guess in the last maybe year or so is you know, if you if you have a goal and you start to announce that this is what you're working towards, things will start to conspire to help you on your way. It's fascinating. Yeah, you sort of have to pick a direction, like you said, and just go towards it. Even if it might not be yeah. the right direction, at least it's somewhere and not Yeah, I, I think I think people should know as well. So I have an interesting perception 
of manifestation, which manifestation is similar to this universe concept, right? Of, you know, the universe bringing things towards you. I have a little bit of a, a different opinion on what that is. And it's a little bit more of a, I guess you'd call it a logical sense of like a, a logical description of a phenomenon, right? So many people, including myself, will agree that ridiculous things seem to come together when you're perfectly aligned with a goal. People will come into your life. People, you know, like things, actions, clients, everything just seems to work well when you're on the right track. And so my idea of this, the concept that I, that I, from my understanding, what manifestation is, is you're basically putting when you get really clear on what you want, let's just say it's an investor for a business, right? You want $100,000 for your business. And that is just totally arbitrary, but let's just throw it out there as an example. And you want to manifest the perfect business partner or investor. So you put that in your head. I want a, an investment of $100,000. That is put in your head. And just as when we all buy a brand new car and we all just start seeing it going down the street, all of a sudden, you know, I think, I think someone else has a, has a, story about this thing is Tony Robbins or something says like when you buy a yellow Corvette, all of a sudden, all you see on the road is a bunch, every single yellow Corvette when before nobody had. And it's the same concept, I believe, with manifestation where we're telling our subconscious brain what is important. So we're telling our subconscious brain that it is important to find a person who can give us $100,000. Well, our subconscious brain has already figured out. It is already, at least it thinks it has. It's, it's made up an idea of the type of person who would invest large amounts of money in a business. This person dresses a certain way. This person is a certain age. This idea of the way that they even stand and position their body and the way they laugh, everything about them, our subconscious brains have just wired. So now that you're telling your brain, this is what's important to me. When you go into an event, for example, let's just say it's a networking event and you're talking all of a sudden, you will feel a pull to go and talk to a person on the other side of the room, and you'll have no idea why. And you'll walk over to that person, and it just so happens that they're an angel investor. And you're like, interesting. Well, I'm actually an angel investor for blank company, you know, like the, the companies that, that you're in, of course. And you go, how the hell did I manifest that? How did I bring that in? And in my opinion, it's actually our lizard brains. It's our, it's our brains, basically the subconscious that's constantly taking in stimuli and analyzing what's important and what's not. And it's throwing away what's not important and it's keeping what is. And now that we tell it that finding an investor is important, it's keeping that information and pushing us towards that. Mm, I can definitely relate to that happening in my life. I guess your, your subconscious mind will... Yeah, we'll focus on what's important. We'll get rid of everything that's not. And you'll, you'll start to th see things as either, you know, obstacles or um, tools to help you sort of get to where you want to go. Just an, uh, a concept that, that I haven't actually heard anyone else talking about. I think it's a, for people who are not necessarily, let's just use the word woo-woo, but whatever, who are not really into energy and universe and stuff. And I'm not saying I'm not, I am. But a lot of people aren't. And it's actually a really good way to basically conceptualize something that's difficult for people who are very logical and uh, very you know, thoughtful about these things and are and curious to just say, oh, I get it now. So now I can use this to my benefit. Yeah, to wrap a bit of science around it, to go, this is the, you know, more on a brain chemistry sort of aspect that happens. Yeah, it makes sense in a, in a way. You know, mm. and a lot of people need, need it to make sense. They need the world to make sense, even though the world 
owes you nothing. The world does not owe you sense. It does not, you know, it, it doesn't feel the need to make sense to you, but we can make sense of anything if we just wrap some pretty words around it. And I think that I've done that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, that angle of it. I'm sure those listening will take value in it. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned traveling and how have you applied them in your own business? Wow. So, I mean, having a travel business, almost everything that I've learned goes into my travel business because I I think one of the most important things for me specifically is understanding that adventure cannot be planned. So I own an adventure tour company. It is not a tour company and it is not an adventure company. It is an adventure tour company. And it is very difficult to create adventure. But I've understood that if you allow space for adventure to happen, that's when the magic happens. So for example, when I was traveling the world, I would always intentionally get lost. I would download offline maps on my cell phone on the Google Maps app so I would have a map of the area, but I would turn my phone off and I'd put it in my backpack. I would then walk around totally lost and I would go to bakeries and I would go into museums and different things that, that I would have probably never found if I were to just look online. I would meet locals and have all these incredible experiences. And then when I was ready to be done being lost, I would simply grab my cell phone click my maps, and then head back to my hostel. And it was perfectly fine. And now, now understanding that you have to actually create space for adventure, I do that on all of my adventures. I actually have my groups intentionally get lost in whatever city we're in. And so the ability to create that space for adventure could have only happened if I personally was the type of person to go on a lot of adventures myself. I mean, Adventure is what we remember. It's not just the Taj Mahal we remember in India. It's when we were lost in the back alleys of Delhi and we played cricket with those kids. And then we found ourselves all of a sudden in the home of a family and they were chanting, Holy, Holy Krishna. And the grandmother blessed us and gave us sweets. And we sang songs with them for 45 minutes. Those are the memories that you remember the most. It's the people and the experiences that you had while you were in a country. And I understood that after six years of traveling all by myself, all around the world, I've been to the wonders of the world, and those are not my favorite memories. The favorite memories is the grandmother in Italy who will make her grandmother's recipe of spaghetti on the table that her great-grandfather built with his bare hands and serving it to me and laughing and talking about life. Those are the things that you actually remember for the rest of your life. It's not just the time that you went on the yacht in Positano. You know, it's, uh, it's the real human connection. So I take, I take human connection and I place that above all else on my tours. And so understanding that, of course, we're going to go to the touristy stuff, but we're going to do that the first day or two so that we can actually create space for adventure for the rest of the time. And then we're going to meet someone who owns a jet ski company. And then all of a sudden we're like, hey guys, let's just go on these jet skis and go to the, you know, go to that little private island out there. And having experiences like that, as opposed to a normal tour company that would just like, oh, here's the itinerary. This is what we do. We're going to see this at 8 a.m. We're going to do this at 9 p.m. Boom, 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 boom. I'm the opposite. I look at tours that do that as, as boring and unadventurous 
and basically the opposite of travel. It's not to see the world, it's to experience it, to taste it, to touch it, to feel what this world has to offer before we die. And I think that that's a core mission of my company and why I built what I built. And that would have never happened if I didn't have those experiences first. Yeah, I love how you, you've taken the experiences, the best, I guess the best bits of your, your travels over the six years and then starting to, or you know, using that as a, as a way to have other people experience what you experienced. Yeah, I simply, I mean, it was so basic. People ask me all these questions, like it's complicated, how I came up with the idea for a tour company and how I chose these places. I literally sat down with a pen and a paper and I said, what are the funnest, coolest, most incredible experiences that I've ever had on the planet? And I just wrote a list. And I think I, I, I wrote down like 13 to 15 of them. And then I said, cool, well, let's find the top 10 that people want to go on. And I just, so it's like, we've got wonders of the world in there. We've got festivals like running of the bulls in Spain and holy festival in India. And two weeks from now, actually, never mind, one week from now, I'm going to be in Brazil for Carnival, taking a group to Carnival to party up in the streets of Rio. So, you know, there, it's pretty much just, hey, what's the funnest stuff I've ever done? Because I assume because I've done so much in this world that whatever my top 10 is, is going to be everyone else's top 10 too. Mm. Or at least the ones that are inter- interested in coming along. Um, exactly. The, yeah. My, and my kind of people. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. And because you've experienced it, then you, you can give people a, a real version of what it's like to be there as opposed to a, you know, like you said before, a glossy, um, mm-hmm. you know, glossing over the major tourist attractions and, and that's it. Absolutely. And that's so common. I, I basically just took like, what do I hate about the idea of tour companies? And which is a lot. And I just turned it on its head. So like, instead of, I I always hated the idea of going on a tour because I was like, I don't know who I'm going to travel with. What if I get some like annoying 60 year old woman who just complains the whole time about how her feet hurt and that they don't give her good enough food. Like that's not what I want to be around me and being stuck on a bus in another country. I want cool, fun, positive people that don't complain. So I decided to make my, all of my tours application only. So I personally interview every single person and I make sure that like, I'm really good at like understanding people's energy and understanding like if someone is really like, like all over the place and a little bit crazy and like some 21 year old dude who is just like ready to go wild as a, and I'm not going to put him on the same trip as the 50 year old woman who is going on a spiritual journey you know, where it's just not going to work out. So oftentimes I have to say no, but it's a good thing that I'm able to say no. So I'm able to get the right people. I'm able to create not only the experience, but I'm able to create the group that will have that experience. And that's the, that's the beauty of this is everything is customized in the background when you don't even know it. You sign up for a trip and you don't even know all the things that are happening in the background. Your profile is being made and understanding, okay, this person is going to, you know, probably really enjoy and get along with these two people specifically. So we're going to make sure to have these experiences for these people and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot that goes into it. And almost none of it is done by other tour companies. And that's what pisses me off. And I think that it's really important in business specifically to find the things that piss you off about companies in your industry. Follow your frustration. That's that's like the quote of the day is follow your frustration. Wherever you get frustrated by other people in the industry is the difference that you can make in the industry. That's like, if you're, if you're not pissed off at what other people are doing in the industry, you're in the wrong industry. 
because you, you're you're not going to be able to change the industry. And if you're not going to change the industry, then you're just one of a million. You're just another person. But if you're pissed off and you're, you're an outsider, you're coming in and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing all these things that are just so boring or lame or upsetting or sleazy or whatever, you're able to actually make a big change. And that's that's how you build a company that really, really lasts a lifetime or at least as long as you'd like it or makes the impact that it's capable of doing. It's not just, oh, we charge $100 less. It's we have taken all the things that piss people off or annoy people or scare people and we've changed them because we're coming in from the outside, looking in and we're able to see it as opposed to being in the weeds like a lot of companies are and just doing the same thing that everyone else does. Yeah, it comes back down to having that necessity and that sort of pain point in yourself to start making change in, you know, in the things you, you want to change. Absolutely. Yeah, it's quite powerful. Encourage uh, those listening to, to sort of listen back to, to what Chase has just said and, and think about how you can apply it in your own business. It's definitely an exercise worth doing. Uh, Chase, uh, a question I'd like to ask all guests on the podcast is, what's your definition of the grind? Hmm. I think uh, the definition of the grind is definitely going to be different for each person. But for me in particular, it's, it actually has to do with the fuel that I put in myself for the grind. And I don't mean physically, I don't mean green juices. I mean that the energy that I put into my work allows me to sustainably grind long term. And the energy that I'm talking about is my ideals. It is the basis for my company. It is what I've built. It is the foundation for everything that I've created. That's what keeps me grinding. So my version of the grind, my definition of the grind is work that is fueled with passion and purpose together that actually creates a difference for people all around the world. Love the definition. Love it. Um, Chess, where, where can people find more about you? So the bucketlesslifestyle.com is our website, but also uh, you can just simply copy and paste my name into Facebook or Instagram. Um, oh, excuse me. Actually, uh, I just have my business Instagram, which is at the Bucketless Lifestyle. So you can check us out there. We've got a lot of following uh, all across social media. Check it out. Um, hit me up if you are interested in going on one of our adventures. They're really affordable and really, really fun. And I'm personally going on them for the next year. And after that, I'm just having tour guides go on them. So if you're interested in going, definitely do it over the next year while you get me personally leading until I'm out. Wonderful. Yeah, guys, uh, check out check out Chase and what he's up to. And if you've ever thought of seeing another part of the world and having a really authentic experience, then um, Chase is your man. Chase, thanks so much. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. If this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, I appreciate you for stopping by. Please subscribe. Otherwise, if you took away valuable advice from this episode, I'd love for you to share it with others. Until next time.